right, we in this bitch, man. We in this bitch, man. Lights on, cameras on, real nigga in this bitch, man. Let's go and get right into it. Welcome to Raw is OG. Hatch, man, you know the fuck that nigga. We're playing with me, man. DJ, hit me. Fuck him up. Fuck him up. Fuck him up. Fuck him up. Gang. 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 Fuck him up. Fuck him up. Fuck him up. Fuck him up. Gang. 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 Yes, sir. What's poppin' with y'all? And welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the Thin Line Between Genius and Insanity Podcast. Hosted by yours truly. OG! Now spin that block, man. For them hating ass niggas in the back. Yeah, I see you, nigga. <laughs> what we doing this time? For them badass bitches. Come to the front, baby girl. With your thick ass. <laughs> Let me know your boy is. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, for the bitches nigga. Bitches, nigga. Fly as high as cool as smooth as host of them all. gee. Hatch, what the fuck it is, man? What's up with y'all? Hope y'all still looking good, feeling good, staying safe, man. It's a whole lot of shit going on in Trish, man. Take sure each and every motherfucking episode. Once shout out to everybody around the world that's tapped in, joining the conversation. I truly appreciate all love, support, man. Let's keep this empire break by motherfucking me break. Once shout out to everybody that's tapped in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Audio, Mac, etc., etc. No matter the DSP, man, no matter how you tapped into the motherfucking me show, I truly appreciate it. If you tapped in on YouTube at OG Hash TV, man, ring that bell, subscribe to the channel, all the good shit that YouTube would say. We in this bitch, man. Hey, tap in, get your merch, man. Get your merch, get your merch, get your merch. <laughs> hey, man, get your merch, man. $35 a pop, man. I got it. I got what you need. I right? I got I got what you need. <laughs> Um, tell a friend, tell a friend, your boy OG has got a motherfucking me show, man. Um, let's go ahead and get right into it. I'm not gonna lie to you. This right here, um, is like take 60, fam. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like today, it hasn't even really been today. It's been tonight. Like, I don't know why, bro. Um, I wanted to record a little bit earlier, but you know, shit happened. So I record a little bit later. Um, by the time the moon came out, the super moon and shit, everybody talking about the super moon is fucking everybody up. I'm off, bro. I'm not going to lie. I don't know where it is. Um, I just ran to the store, you know, to get some few things. I'm making some nachos tonight. Um, I'm just off. Like, my driving, I'm driving slow as a motherfucker. Hey, this got to be what Earl Spence was feeling. I ain't going to lie. Wow. This got to be what Earl Spence was feeling. I'm fighting that against Terrence Crawford, bro. Like, I'm walking and shit. I'm looking in the mirrors. I'm, like, my reflection and shit. All in the face. I look all different. Like, I don't know what's going on, B. <laughs> like, today, I'm a little off, man. I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, this had to be what my nigga Earl was going through, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> I thought it was something else. Maybe his chick was cheating on him. We seen the rumors, but nah, man. It was a super moon that night. It was a fucking super moon that night, B. <laughs> Um, but this is like take 50, man. Um, like I told y'all on past episodes, um, I want to keep this shit going. I want to keep the flow of this shit going with two episodes a week. Um, so no, I mean, no matter how many times it's going to take me tonight um, to get a straight episode recorded for you guys, we're gonna, I'm going to make sure I get this shit out to you guys on time man, so we can keep the grind going. The grind don't stop for a motherfucking me soul, man. Episode 168. You know how this shit go, man. Um, so hold on a docket, though. I want to jump right into it. Um, Let's go ahead and get to it, man. I don't want to be running, babbling off and running y'all out the motherfucking me party and shit. Um, you know, <laughs> on this podcast, man, one thing I take pride in is um, 
introducing people um, to new topics, you know, to new thought processes. Um, sometimes even new people. I talk about a lot of different people on this podcast. A lot of people be like, who the fuck is that? I mean, until I talk about them and go into details about what topic and all that shit is that. And then people hit me up and um, say they just came across some more shit about said person. Like, I've always gotten messages from friends of the show. Um, like, damn, you was just talking about this. You were just talking about this person or you brought this up. You you said this type shit when they see it on other platforms or they see other news circulating around said topic. Um, recently, I've talked about heavy about the uh, world championships when it comes to track and field. Um, talked about Shakira Richardson dominating. Um, talked about how she flipped the script two years ago. She was coming in ninth place and shit. Now she's the fastest woman in the world. I also talked about Noah Lyles. Now, look, I get when it comes to track. Um, a lot of us, we know the Usain Bolts. You know what I mean? We probably knew the Tyson Gays, the Justin Gatlins, um, Shelly Ann Frazier-Price. You know what I mean? Elaine Thompson-Hurrah. Now it's Sharika Jackson. Um, if you know, you know type shit. But for the main people that don't really tap in, who probably don't watch the races, probably don't really give a fuck about who's the fastest man, the fastest woman in the world, I get it. I barely even give a fuck about it. But for the general public, the the uh, Blase fan, they know who a Usain Bolt is. I've been recently talking about Noah Lyles. A lot of you guys probably don't know who Noah Lyles is. I'll be honest with you. When it comes to these track stars, they don't get the same glorification that an NBA player gets, a fucking NFL player gets, a fucking baseball player gets. Honestly, I would say a track player, like a track star, probably gets the same recognition as probably a very prominent, uh, um, um, like fucking, um, what's that shit called? Uh, damn, I just thought of a semi-protein. You know, like a semi-protein? Like to me, that's how, like, if you, that's how I generally think about it. Like they're like a semi-pro athlete. Like they're a professional athlete, but the glory and all that, unless you're somebody like that's just breaking records, you really not going to get recognized. Like an Allison Felix, we know an Allison Felix, but Allison Felix had to put in damn near a decade of work before we even start seeing her in nationally televised fucking commercials. And if it's not Olympic time, you're not seeing her in that shit. So I would say the recognition of a track athlete, a track star, would probably be like a semi-pro athlete in your, in your city. You pre, Either you know him or you don't. Either if you, if you know, you know type shit. So when I was talking about the Noah Lyles aspect of it, a lot of people really didn't know what the fuck Noah Lyles was. Noah Lyles has been dominating when it comes to this track, this track shit for a while now. For at least five years now, Noah Lyles has been that nigga. Since high school, he's been that nigga. He's been running shit that only Usain Bolt has run or only Michael Johnson has run. Like He's one of those. He's literally the second fastest man when it comes to the 200. The only man who's ever run faster than him is Usain Bolt. Recently, I talked about how he did the 100, the 200, and then gold medal as well in the 4x1. Only other person to do that in recent history, well, the last person to do that, I should say, was Usain Bolt. He's doing things that only we can we, we recognize as Usain Bolt type shit. He's only 26 years old. So he has at least another three to four or five years, if healthy, you know what I'm saying, of dominating shit. Unless he pulls a Justin Gallup. But Noah Lyles, as I talked about his dominance on the track, he didn't go viral for the shit he works hard for. Noah Lyles 
right now is in a situation to where it's no allows versus everybody. No allows in some post conference of the meet, I suppose, um, took some shots at the NBA players. Um, not directly at NBA players, but at the NBA itself. Um, I'm going to paraphrase it, basically saying that uh, when he watches the NBA finals, he's he gets sick of seeing shit that says world champions. World champions of what? Of the United States? As he said, there's no flags being flown. There's no flags being uh, flown in the, in the NBA game. It's one United States flag. Comparing that to track and field, when you have the world championship, it's literally United States, Iran, nigga, fucking Canada. You know what I'm saying? Motherfucking me, New Zealand. Yeah, all these Dutchess. Like, it'd be all these other countries in the world competing for gold medal, silver medal, bronze medal, so forth, so forth, so forth. When Noah Lyles made this comment, he went viral. He got an instant reaction, instant backlash from Americans. Because no matter if the statement is true or not, because don't get it confused. What Noah Lyles said is absolutely fucking true. Me personally, I've never looked at NBA champions as world champions. I've never even called them that. The only time I've ever identified NBA championship as the world championship is when niggas won and they passed out the TV, the t-shirts and hats, and you seen the shit plastered on there. World champions. When you see as soon as the niggas win and it says, Congratulations, uh Denver Nuggets fans, your team just won the world championship. That's the only time you hear the shit. That's the only time I've ever identified world championship with the NBA. So do not get it twisted. No allows is technically right. But Americans are going to American. <laughs> Don't get Americans are going to American, buddy. Because by you, by you saying that, automatically people are going to be on, on the defense. Because the, the, the main argument people are using against Noah Lyles is what? They are saying the best players in the world play in the NBA. Brother, that's not a fact. That's subjective. No matter how many, just because Luka's over here, just because Jokic is over here, Embiid, Giannis, that don't mean every best player in the world, all the best players in the world are in the NBA. That does not mean that. Because a lot of those overseas players only come to the NBA for financial gain, not for competition. If it was the other way around, then I would automatically say all the best players in the world are in the NBA. Because the reason why I feel so strongly about that is what is it? Arvidas Sabonis. Demontis Sabonis' father. If you know ball, if you've ever even just listened to fucking commentary, the talk of Arvitas Sabonis is that he is one of the best players of all time. The say say if Arvitas Sabonis would have come to the NBA earlier in his career, we would recognize him as one of the greatest of all time. The reason we don't is because he came to the NBA later in his career that statement alone lets me know okay so that nigga he chose not to come to the league that lets me know there's very well a good chance of a very a very good possibility that that same story is for other players you know how I many times i've seen i've been watching the nba what was the nigga name like pablo prigioni or some shit nigga like a 37 year old rookie now i'm not sitting there saying pablo prigioni is one of the best players of all time what I'm using that as is the detail to let you guys know. 
there's guys who come overseas from overseas who come over later in their career just to capitalize on the on the financial aspect of it. Because a lot of these niggas are the some of the best players in the world, but they're the man of an entire country. The same way how when niggas was like, "Wow, Kawhi really learned, really left Canada. He wasn't the man of a city. He wasn't the man of uh, of L.A. He was a man of a country." So a lot of these niggas overseas, they they that nigga over there. And a lot of niggas is content with being that nigga over there. When Stefan Marbury went overseas, he chose to stay in China because he was that nigga over there. So, but making that blanket statement that the best players in the NBA, so that's why it's the world champion, brother, that's not a fact. That's objective. That's an opinion. In reality, do I believe that Nigga LeBron, KD, Kobe, Michael Jordan, they the best in the world? Absolutely. But nigga, it's a whole roster. It's a whole team roster, my nigga. It's 30 teams in the NBA. It's a lot of niggas in the league. I be watching. I'd be like, this nigga just made it because he athletic. I can't sit here and say niggas that's playing that play basketball the right way ain't bearing some niggas that can just jump and dunk. It's a lot of niggas overseas that can get busy, bro. And the simple fact that this is the league championship, that alone is all that Noah allows needs. Because any league in any fucking country, in any region of the world at this point can say world championship. Just because it's the NBA, just because basketball was, was founded in the NBA, this is our sport, still not a world championship league. It's a fucking NBA United States uh, championship, North American championship. And the funny part about the Noah Lyle situation is he said it, and you got the backlash from all the NBA players. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Udonis Haslam, you know, Aaron Gordon. All these niggas had something to say to Noah Lyles, a black athlete. A black dominant athlete. One of the best to ever do. He's literally one of the fastest men to have ever fucking run. Nigga, I am a man. You know how many times I bust out in a sprint? To sit here and say that nigga's the, one of the fastest nigga ever? A dominant 26-year-old man. Black man in America. He makes this statement he's met with fucking with rebuttal. He's met with nigga, you ain't shit. Nigga, fuck. He met with all that shit. But Greg Popovich made this same statement just a few years ago. Just a few. He made the same fucking statement. In fact, he even went more directly at Americans altogether. That saying Americans just have an arrogant attitude towards it. So when Greg Popovich says it, there's nothing. When Noah Lyles says it, as corny as it was. As, look, as corny as it was, as it may be, as lame as his voice sounds, all that shit, the man told no lies. And goddammit, when you dominating on that track and field, pop your shit, man. The same way y'all want to hear Shakira Richardson pop her shit, pop your shit, no lies. Because they're not world champions. They're not world champions. I've never identified Kobe Bryant as a world motherfucking champion until he won the Olympics. Facts. 
That's when I identify niggas as world champions. When they go win the Olympics, when they go win the fucking world, the, the FIBA gang world championship, the shit that Austin Reason them playing for right now. When they go win that shit, world champions. Because they're playing against the world, buddy. And two plus two is four. You know what I mean? It ain't, it ain't, you know what I'm saying? It ain't, you can't have a nine and be like, I got 10. No, nigga, you have not. These niggas is doing too much, bro. When Greg Popovich said this shit, you niggas was silent. And then, and the funny part is, that nigga probably has the most European team ever. The San Antonio Spurs, probably up until recently, you know, probably up until these last couple, it's a lot of little niggas, it's a lot of niggas over there now. But San Antonio Spurs, when they had Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili, uh, and Tiago split, they hold supporting Patty Mills. All these niggas, uh, what Aaron Baines, all these niggas is international players. All of them is international players. When they go play for world champs, they all scatter all over the motherfucking me world. Greg Popovich, if anybody who he literally plays in the NBA with damn near a fucking Euro team. And when he said it, you niggas said nothing. There's a whole lot of uh, praise, best best coach in the world, best coach in the world. When Noah Lyle says it, you niggas, is, you got something to say. Stop it, man. You niggas should be ashamed of yourself with that shit, real talk. Um, But moving on. <laughs> yeah, I came across this, <laughs> this clip, man. It's about dating. And it's about this young woman. I want to play this clip for y'all because it's about dating, and it's very, very interesting. You know, I've been in this space lately where I've been, I guess, dating. And it's interesting because, you know, when you're dating somebody, especially on those first couple of dates, it's like a job interview. You're pretty much selling yourself. You know what I mean? You're not getting too deep in conversation unless you start to get really comfortable with said person. Um, I've been on dates, first-time dates with a young woman. We really were just feeling each other. And we got into some semi-deep conversations. But for the most part, you don't really, you try to avoid those. For the most part, it's a lot of what are you into? There's a lot of, oh, okay, so you're a family person. Oh, okay, so what do you do for a living? Oh, okay, okay, so what shows do you like watching? Oh, okay, okay, so what's your favorite man? It's a lot of that shit, a lot of icebreakers. You know what I'm saying? I came across this clip where this young woman was talking about um, dating and what she expects on the first date. And I want to play this clip for y'all right fast. Let me see if I can get this going. Okay, so what the fuck is that? <laughs> let's get the let's get the Bluetooth working in this bitch. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? <laughs> Bluetooth connected. Okay, Jesus Christ. Play that again. I'm not joking. I have asked the last three dudes I've dated for their bank account info on the first date. I don't judge people's actions. I look at the intention behind it. So, like, why do you ask for that? Because I only want to date a wealthy guy that has money. Valid. So you're getting straight to the point. I think, you know, I have a job. I'm very successful. So I think I have every right to be like, hi, are we on the same level or am I wasting my time? I'm not joking. I have okay. asked. Wow. 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 Okay. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. I'm a bit conflicted. Because when I first heard that clip, I initially was like, bitch, what the fuck do you mean? You want to see you, you asking these to pull out their bank statements. Now, me, first of all, that would never fly with me. 
Um, I don't feel comfortable telling anyone what I make. Like, my mama don't even know how much money I make. I don't feel comfortable expressing certain details to certain people. Like, when I was a kid, when I was in school, it was just certain things they told you not to talk about. Politics and religion. I'm from that era of humanity to where that still applies to my life. Um, And also, I was always told when you're in the work environment, you know, so even in your personal life, you don't tell anyone what you make. Now, I don't know if that's just something my mama told me and that's not something y'all parents told y'all, but you're not supposed to let people into your personal details that way. So that personally wouldn't fly with me. I would generally gently walk, get the fuck up and excuse myself from that young woman because I would be I would be very offended, one. And also, I would be very taken aback. But as I listen to it more and more, bro. I can't knock somebody for wanting what they want. I can't. I can't. So I, I never want to come off as people can have their preferences. People can have you. They can't be into what they're into. You can't be somebody that's successful and 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 I and I want you and I can think that you would be okay with dating a bum. I wouldn't even do that. I don't even think I'm one of the most successful motherfuckers. But I'm not finna date no bum ass bitch. You know I, I can't do that. Have I done it in the past? Absolutely. There's some bum bitches out here that can say they have relations to hatch. I'm going to be honest with you. They can say that, and I won't even deny them. The pussy was good. (laughs) But bums is bums. We all know what a bum is, and we don't want to associate with bums. So when a woman says she has a certain type of man she wants to be with, I can never knock her for that. But I do want to ask, what type of people are you meeting, and where are you meeting these people so where you can't eyeball them, you can't eyeball, you know what I'm saying, their uh, their financial status. And when I say that, I get there's people who be out here front and stunning and faking like they make it, faking it until they make it. But where are you meeting these people? Are you meeting people at clubs? Are you meeting people at social gatherings, you know what I'm saying, clubs, hookah bars and shit like that? In those set environments, I understand that. But if you meeting people in, at work, if you meeting people, you know what I'm saying, Starbucks, you meeting people uh, at a grocery store, at a certain point in time, you'll be able to eyeball whether or not they're in your uh, in, in your lane financially. You should be able to eyeball that shit. And in all honesty, on the first kind on the first date, that's not even something that should be coming up, the financial situation. Asking somebody what they do for a living should be able to give you an idea of how much they make. Even if you want to ask that for that information just to go home later and google that's totally fine but to sit there and ask someone to present how much they make a year or even ask them to present their bank statements is fucking wild it's fucking wild because at the same at the end of the day who the fuck do you think you are because now you're entering judgment territory you're coming from this is coming from somebody who's a judgment judgmental motherfucker i judge people for a living i do that shit for free i judge the fuck out of people but I would never, on the first date, even even uh, insinuate that a person has to make a certain amount of mo- a certain amount of money to even be having this conversation with me. That is something I've already I, I eyeballed before I even approached this young woman. That is something I've eyeballed or or, or I've gathered certain uh, details from my conversation and already came with in my head. She's a, she's living a certain type of lifestyle. You know a boss bitch when you see a boss bitch. You know the ones that's faking it, but you know the ones that's presenting themselves as a boss bitch, 
And when you get them talking to them, and you start saying they really about their business. You know if you should be talking to uh, dating this woman seriously or not. Y'all should just be friends, homie. If you're not a boss and she's a boss, y'all should just be friends. You can try to run your little game. You can try to finesse that situation. My nigga, you're leeching. If you're comfortable being a grown-ass man leeching, that's your prerogative. Me, personally, nah, I'm okay. We can be friends, baby girl. I'm not, I'm not even finna waste your time, baby girl. The lifestyle that you looking for right now, I can't provide that. Quite honestly, if I I could, but I'd be draining myself. It's not happening. So I'm never mad at Shorty having a preference about what she's dating because right now I have a preference in what I want to date. I had to I had to literally stop talking to chicks who wasn't employed no more. Bitch, I, we we closer to thirty. How you unemployed? I've never, I, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been in unemployed for a short period of time in between jobs. But you just unemployed. You still ain't got a job. You ain't have a job before COVID. You still ain't got a job. What are we talking about? You're a bum bitch. I can't. I can't associate with you. I eyeballed your situation. You driving your mama car? I eyeballed your situation. If I come over to your place and you got fucking buckets and shit up under sinks and shit. Preventing leaks. I'm eyeballing your situation. I don't need to know you. I don't need to see no bank statements. I don't need to see shit. If I come over to your crib and this, you know what I mean, it's looking crazy. I'm eyeballing your situation. I know what's going on. I don't need to see bank statements. At this point, I'm intruding. <laughs> I know without. If you know, you know, right? <laughs> I know, bitch. <laughs> but at the end of the day, man. You have to you have to understand where she's coming from, all jokes aside. Because at a certain point in time, at a certain point in time, man, you have to you have to stand for something. And a lot of times I remember when I was younger, right? I used to always be like, yo, I don't want to be with no chick until I get some money and shit. But then you have that thing in the back of your mind where it's like, Nah, I mean, you want the chick who, who was with you when you had nothing. And 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 you want to, you, you got that mindset, I had nothing. She stuck with me through this. And when I make it, we're we going to ball together. That's cool, man. But that don't happen like that all the time. It ain't often where you see somebody, a woman who really bout her shit, who really got something going for herself to where she let a nigga leech off her. Like, yeah, shit, cool. That happened a lot when I was a kid. Like, I feel like back in the day, a lot of bum niggas got that game up. I don't know if they really doing that now. And to be honest with you, I don't know too many bum niggas. Like, a lot of niggas I'm cool with, they really got some shit going on. I'm very proud of niggas for that. And them niggas from stand up niggas on the low. Unless they doing some shade shit I don't know about. In my eyes, in my POV, they some stand up niggas. I know a lot of niggas that's working, working hard, taking care of their kids. Get out the mud. But a lot of bad, a lot of boss women I know, they not going for that shit no more, bro. They not letting these niggas leech off them. They women is doing the niggas how niggas was doing women back in the day. Women are playing these niggas just how niggas is playing these women. So when the woman got that bag, bro, that shit not working no more. You might be fucking on that woman, but that woman not you, bro. She gonna leave your ass as soon as the next nigga come through. I'm seeing it time and time again, bro. I'm not niggas bum niggas ain't leeching off women how they used to. And even for a woman to be like, yo, she needs to see, you need to be in her league now. 
Like they, they 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 drawing that line in the sand. We need to be in that league financially. Hey, bro, that's just not that's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's a bunch of bum bitches out here, bro. Trust me with some good pussy. <laughs> Trust and believe it. <laughs> Trust and fucking believe it, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on, man. Hey, I want to ask y'all this, bro. Yo, why high school? Why um? Like high school football games, youth sports. Why are they so violent? Have y'all seen the clip that's circulating right now with the high school uh, coach that punched a player in the stomach? Like, I think they say he got fired and shit like that. Have y'all seen that clip? Have y'all seen the other clip that's circulating right now with the shootout that went down? Where it's like niggas is on the field and you just see niggas scouring like roaches because shots got rang off. Now look, I'm from St. Louis. I'm raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, granted, nobody ever shy at our games, but we did have a big, massive school fight against another another team. And I understand if you know if you're from St. Louis and you know about Herbert Hoover and you know about Matthew Dickey, you know about the rivalry. You know what I'm saying? Certain schools, you got certain programs as rivals with certain programs. The fan bases, the adults, the crowd, they get into it. And in St. Louis, bro, I've always been around. Like, I only played one year of youth sports. That was in seventh grade year. I played for Kirby. Um, I also played in high school, you know, high school organized sports. Uh, just those five years, I guess, total, I always frequently visit a hostile environment when it came to sports. And if and y'all niggas know what I'm talking about. You know how with certain programs, how the crowd is, the fans is, the parents is. And it's when you go and get to another top-notch school or another uh, competitive school, the fan base, the, the crowd, the parents are the same exactly on the other side. And we always seen the tension uprising. Hell, it's a story going on right now about Aqib Talib's brother. Aqib Talib's brother, one of the best corners probably of my time. His brother, wasn't it Yaqub Talib or something like that? He's serving prison. He got arrested and serving 37 years in prison, I believe it is. He just killed a man at one of these youth football games. Him and him and the kids leave, coach a team, and I think I think the the coach of the other team, they all got into it, and he ended up shooting and killing this man in front of his damn team. But when I hear these stories about all these things that go down at these games, we never. I'm not surprised. Are you guys surprised? I don't think we're ever surprised when we see these things go down because honestly, we're used to it. Why do these games get so fucking competitive? Is it because these are kids? Like, what is it exactly? Because I'll be honest with you. When I played in high school, right, I had a coach, Coach Hinky. You know what I mean? Fuck with Coach Hinky for real, for real. Hinky was one of those coaches that I seen him with my own eyes. Hell, I think he probably ain't dead to me before. Hinky was just one of those coaches where he'll grab you by your fucking face mask, nigga. He'd then he he'd get so much off of your shit. He'd then gouge your eyes out, nigga. That's how much Hinky would be all aggressive with your face mask. I done seen Hinky slap niggas upside the helmet. I done seen Hinky do some shit. This isn't me trying to shit on Hinky. This is me saying I'm kind of used to coaches behaving a certain way. When I was on the team and I seen Hinky do this to certain players, my instant reaction was laughter. Or it would be, man, Hinky wouldn't do that shit to me. Hinky, I whoop Hinky old ass. I should. It was met with those type of things. 
But as I'm getting older, you know, I'm 28 years old, and I see these clips, and I see this most recent clip of this coach literally punching a player in his stomach because he's in front. He's frustrated. My nigga, I don't know. My instant, my instant question was, if that man, if that coach would have got shot, what would we all be saying? Because I can only, I can only think that the reason why these games are so hostile, why the, why, why, why it's so um, um, problematic when it comes to these altercations, I think because people have kids involved. When people are, when people go into that mode of they, they try to protect their kid, they feel like their kids getting cheated, some shit like that. They, they, some, they tend to make some wild fucking decisions. Me, personally, I don't have any kids. You know what I'm saying? So, I always want to make sure I say that when I'm speaking about certain shit because I'm only speaking from what I what I view, what I've seen with my own eyes. Anytime I've seen a, uh, a, a parent, a guardian, um, and they're in charge, they're, they're watching some kids or you know what I'm saying? They're, they're running a, a team or something like that. There's kids involved. They pretty much go hard for them fucking kids. You ever seen a parent at their child's game? They go hard for their kids, bro. And a lot of times, when I think when that's, when that's thrown into the mix, when, when parents are going hard for their kids, rooting for their kids, don't want to see their kids getting cheated and shit like that, or they feel their kids getting cheated, that can cause a lot of conflict. And a lot of times I be trying to understand, like, damn, like, you don't see this happening once you like once you get to professional sports. Now, granted, it's professional sports, but a lot of times in these situations, it don't be the players. It be the coaches, it be the crowd, the parents, and shit like that. A lot of times it don't be the players. And a lot of times when we're talking about parents being involved with these players um in, in sports. Y'all always talking about the, um, them, living, them living vicariously through these kids. Maybe that's what it is too, bro. Maybe they are vicariously living through these kids. And when they see their kids out there playing and they flat their kids, they, the, the, uh, their kids is being uh, cheated. You know what I'm saying? Bamboozled, ricochet, uh, let astray, all that shit. Emotions run rampant, brother. And that's the only thing I can really lean towards. Maybe it's people... Feeling like they the, the attachment and 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 being the the protector of kids because that's the only thing that makes sense. I've never even when I used to watch go to my little brother games when he was little, my nigga, I didn't give a fuck. I used to be like, damn, these little niggas suck. But I was just there to watch my little brother, let him know I was there to support him. I didn't really give a fuck about the outcome of the game. I was there to give him again the, the the wisdom the uh, wisdom advice. If, if they get cheated and he mad, hey, man, you win some, you lose some. You know, I was just there to do that shit. But when you're there and you see these parents getting mad, you see fisticuffs being thrown. You see niggas coming to blows. You hearing about niggas getting killed. My nigga, why is youth sports so fucking violent? I can't believe a keep to leave brother killed the man. I can't even believe it. Like, the brother of one of the best corners of my lifetime is in prison because he killed a man over youth football. Youth football. I don't know, man. It, it, sometimes it bothers me because we put these kids into these sports to learn, um, you know, uh, leadership, 
um, to learn about, you know what I'm saying, uh, to learn about follow, following, uh, listen to authority, uh, you know, so to to experience the ch- being a child. You learn a lot of life lessons through sports. I can honestly say sports is probably my greatest teacher. I all honest, I probably sports has been my greatest teacher. Though I, I've learned so many words from sports media, nigga. Stephen A. Smith has taught me so much. Talking about sports, using the, the vocabulary he uses, watching sports, being in sports, that taught me how to work well with others. That taught me how to talk to people. That taught me how to want, how to, how to, how to want something from somebody and how to get it out of them. Type shit. Pause. Like sports has taught me a lot about how to be a man. My father wasn't there. Sports taught me everything. If it wasn't for sports, I wouldn't have the motivation, the mentorship of the Kobe Bryants, the Floyd Mayweathers. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have these guys without sports. So we put these kids into sports to teach them these life these life lessons, and it's, sometimes it just is 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 really sad that it's ruined by adults. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Who's supposed to be the mature ones? Fucking up the situation. It truly is sad, man, when you see shots being rang out in high school games and youth football games. It's never that serious, brother. If shots are going to be rang out in any game, I would think it's professional. You betting on that shit. The only thing I can the only thing I can I can I can put my finger on, it gotta be about these fucking kids, bro. It, it gotta be. It got people have to be so amped up and so riled up over these kids that they do some of the dumbest shit. And we see it time and time and motherfucking again, bro. It truly is motherfucking sad. It truly is. Um, moving on, though. Let's stay with sports a little bit. You know, recently, I came on here and I talked about the... I talked about the... Um, what is that? The fucking um, Undisputed with uh, Skip Bayless. Talked about the sports show wars. You had Undisputed uh, coming out with a new roster. You got Shannon Sharp. Uh, not Shannon Sharp. He left, and he's going over to join ESPN. You know what I'm saying? With first take, you know, be him and Stephen A. Smith. I think Mondays and Tuesdays starting on September 4th. On Undisputed, you got a new roster with Richard Sherman, um, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, 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 Michael Irvin. Uh, they got Josina Anderson and fucking Rachel Nichols coming on, uh, I think, tomorrow or Friday. Um, Undisputed is what I want to focus on right now. Because we haven't seen the debut of Shannon Sharp, um, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic works between Shannon Sharp and uh, Stephen A. Smith. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting because if they're bringing on Shannon Sharp to replace Michael Irvin, that seems like the more seamless fit just because he's coming on the days that Michael Irvin used to come on. Um, the way uh, Stephen A. Smith runs first take now Ever since Max Kellerman left, he doesn't have a direct counterpart. It's a rotate. It's a rotating chair. Ryan Clark's, uh, Michael Spears, Damian Woody's, Dan Orlovsky's. Um, that's pretty much it. Now it's gonna be Shannon Sharp, and he just rotates other people in there to give him a different, t- a different look. Mad Dog Russo. That's what's going on at first take now. But over there, at undisputed, they made their debut this past Monday. And it was very, very interesting. It was very, very, very interesting. You had the viral moments of people talking about how Skip Bayless wasn't going to be allowed to talk on his own show. You got three dominant, you got three dominant personality black men on there um, with Keyshawn Johnson, 
with Michael Irvin and with Richard Sherman. Those three alone can talk up a whole fucking segment. Those three alone are going to trample over each other so much that it's only going to take an experienced, you know what I'm saying, talent like a Skip Bayless to be able to manage this fucking show. I still feel like that one of them may have to leave. Now, after the first episode, like I said, you had the viral moments of Skip Bayless not um, look like he can't be able to talk on his own damn show. He even came out and told Keyshawn Johnson he talked too damn much. Um, but it was expected. I expected the first episode to be a little bit, you know what I'm saying, a little rocky. And to be honest with you, it was a lot better than I, I thought it would be just because the only negative I, I truly have about the show would be about Keyshawn Johnson. I don't think Keyshawn Johnson is good for debate shows. I don't even think Keyshawn Johnson is good for sports media, period. It's not that he doesn't have good takes or anything like that. His personality is so dominant that, to me, he just doesn't work well with other people. He doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. He doesn't He doesn't know how to let people to, uh, finish their, 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 uh, their points. He just doesn't know. Now, this isn't me trying to shit on dude because he is who he is. And obviously, he's doing something well to where they keep giving this nigga these big-ass contracts. My only thing is I believe one of them will ultimately end up leaving and it will only be two of them remaining. Now, whether that will be the pairing of Richard Sherman and Michael Irvin, Richard Sherman and Keyshawn Johnson, Keyshawn Johnson and Michael Irvin, I don't know. I do believe Richard Sherman will be there to stay. I do believe he will be end up being the breakout star of this show just because he has the um, – the uh the uh, he's uh, he's very articulate he has the uh the pedigree he has the he has the uh, uh resume to back up everything he's talking about he has all the tools to be what a shannon sharp is true that's how, that's my honest opinion everything that uh, uh, ryan clark is over at espn i think richard sherman can be over at fox that's just my that's just how i feel but as the first episode came and gone, you have the second episode. And you have the third episode of Undisputed. And I am here to say, God damn it, I told you. Say what you want about Skip Bayless, bro. Skip Bayless know how to create a fucking great sports show. We three episodes in of this new wave of Undisputed. You got the new intro of Lil Wayne. Um, I'm more... I, I don't know if it's because I'm I'm behind the mic now, bro. I look at this shit a little bit different nowadays. When I watch Undisputed now, I'm more so watching right now Skip Bayless. And I'm marveling at the seamless transition that he's taken with his role of this show. I don't get it twisted. This is still Skip Bayless' show. Skip get the first and last word on every fucking segment. Don't get it fucking twisted. You may look at him more of a moderator right now. Okay, that's cute. He, I look at him more of a, of a curator, not a moderator. Because he's literally producing each motherfucking aspect of the show. The reason why I marvel at what at the transition is also because Skip Bayless, he has a podcast he does. He launched his podcast, we you know, when he was doing it with uh, Shannon Sharp. The Undisputed was Shannon Sharp. He also had his own solo podcast. Shannon Sharp shit started to take off. Then you started to see Skip Bayless do his own thing. The reason why I look at what, what Skip Bayless is doing, 
I've only known Skip to be one way. The very argumentative, you know what I'm saying? Very uh, uh, stubborn, quote-unquote asshole of a TV talking head. Now, Grant, that may all still come back when we get back to football, but look, I think things are changing, brother. The last, what, 15, 20 years, what have we said, Skip? What, what can we really say Skip Bellis talks about? Tom Brady, Cowboys, and hating on LeBron James. Well, Tom Brady's gone. Tom Brady's gone. LeBron's going to be gone very, very, very soon. The Cowboys, yeah, they still there, but if you haven't been watching, nigga, that's just regular cowboy talking. Ain't nobody saying nothing they ain't been saying for the last 10 to 15 years. Skip Bayless, what he's doing now on Undisputed, he's combining his podcast version of himself to his Undisputed version. He's going to give you his, his points. He's going to give you all that, but his his uh, his uh, his uh, his passion, not even once his passion, but his um, what the, what, what's the word? His delivery, I should say. His delivery is totally different. Him reading in the topics, him breaking down the topics before he passes it on to his guests. That's all podcast shit, bro. That's all podcast shit. If you go listen to these niggas' podcasts, they're implementing that into their everyday talk show style. Even with Stephen A. Smith, he's even doing it now. I came on and I told y'all, bro, podcasting is changing sports media. It's changing it. Even the way these niggas are delivering it now, they have to change it. Skip has to change. He can't be the it can't be the same formula of okay, let me just sit on the other on the opposite end of an African American man and let's create greatness. As much as I love that formula, that's the best formula to me. He can't keep doing that. So you know what? Fuck that. Why let me curate a fucking great show. I'm gonna curate a great show. I'm gonna bring in all these motherfucking me great people. When you bring in talent like Richard Sherman, Michael Irvin, Keyshawn Johnson. Rachel Nichols, Josina Anderson. When you bring then, like I said, I think you got Lil Wayne doing a Friday episode every Friday. He's gonna be coming on every Friday. When you bring in a roster like this, it's very easy to start curating shit. Because now it's like, okay, let me let me be the glue to make sure all this shit rock. He getting up there in age, bro. So to see him still being able to find a way to put out a great fucking product is fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. I still feel like the moment when, when Skip Bayless left first take, if first take ain't been the same. The numbers can still have them that number one because niggas fuck with ESPN more than they fuck with Fox, period. But that show ain't been shit really since Skip Bayless left. And you can say what you want about Skip Bayless, but Stephen A. Smith wouldn't be Stephen A. Smith without Skip Bayless. Shannon Sharp wouldn't be Shannon Sharp off the field without Skip Bayless. And the same thing he did for those two men, I believe he can do for Richard Sherman. Now, granted, Richard Sherman is already Richard Sherman, but taking that next level and when it comes to sports media, being the go-to guy, being a being someone that we turn on our fucking TVs to go watch every day, Skip Bayless can put these men in a position to do that. So say what the fuck you want about Skip Bayless, but when it comes to this sports media show shit, he is, he is the guy. Don't ever get that shit twisted. I fuck with Stephen A. But the guy has always been Skip Bayless. Always been. So I, I'm here to say shout out to you, Skip Bayless. Uh, I remember when I met you in person. Very cool dude. Very fucking cool dude. Um, 
I'm just happy because we in that mode right now. It's kind of the same thing with Baker Mayfield. You have, have you have you noticed how people are switching up on Baker Mayfield? A year or two ago, niggas hated Baker Mayfield. Niggas was looking at Baker at all these goddamn progressive commercials. Niggas was hating on Baker Mayfield. But now you look at Baker Mayfield, people done turned on him. People can you, you, you kind of get the mindset that people want Baker Mayfield to fail. So now you got people coming out the woodworks like, damn, I kind of I kind of want Baker Mayfield to succeed. He's the underdog now. That's kind of the same vibe I give with Skip Bayless because you had a lot of shit that Skip went through this last year. You had to fall out with Shannon Sharp. People love Shannon Sharp so much, Uncle Shay Shay, that when you had Skip Bayless berating him on, 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 on national television, and I don't even think, to me personally, I don't even think it was, it was true him berating him in a disrespectful fashion. I think a lot of times, but you got to understand, when you're debating somebody, uh, on one hand, you try and make this the best show ever. You try and get the most clicks ever. But when you're debating somebody, there's automatically tension. You know what I'm saying? You're automatically c- combative. You know what I mean? So I think over time, even with me and my uncle, we debate all the time. But even over time, even, sometimes we just clash even more because – my nigga, we we debating, arguing every motherfucking day. You know what I'm saying? You keep telling me I'm wrong, my nigga. <laughs> so it's like, I don't even think it was more so of a disrespect thing between Skip Bellis and Shannon Sharp. I think it was more so of a, a, a power play because Shannon Sharp became bigger than the show. And that's been proven because he bought himself out the fucking contract. That's like, that's the proof right there. Shannon Sharp became bigger than the show. And for someone like Skip Bayless, that's never going to fly well with him because, A, it's his fucking show, and, B, he puts you in that fucking seat. So I truly think that was a dynamic that was going on with that. That's why it's going to be very interesting to see how this works with first take because if it's one thing that Stephen A is always going to remind a motherfucker is that that's his fucking show. So it's going to be very, very interesting. It's going to be very, very motherfucking interesting. That's why I think it's very great that Shannon Sharp isn't going to do that show every day. He's only doing it two times out the week. I think that's going to save that from from uh save that partnership from fucking bottoming out fast. But say what you want about that nigga Skip B. That nigga know how to present a great motherfucking show. He truly does. Um, But moving on. I came across this clip, right? And it was about Big Frida, um, I think popular New Orleans uh, rapper. Uh, but Big Frida's trans, like Big Frida's trans as fuck. And it was her and Slim Thug. And before I even move forward, I'm not one of those people who are, who's against calling a trans person um, what they want to be called. I'm not against that. And I think the main reason why I'm I'm not against that is because I only I'm only used to talking to people about how like how I was introduced to them. So if I was introduced to you, if you was trans and you introduce yourself to me as a woman, I'ma just know you as a woman. Now I'ma know you trans, but I'll never be like, oh, what's up, nigga? What's up, my nigga? Some shit like that. I I, I will approach you as a chick. Now, that's not me saying that, you know what I'm saying, some other shit, but that's me still approaching and respecting you because I think all this shit, man, it's really about just not wanting to offend people. Like, I've always wanted on this podcast to bring a a transgender on this podcast, not to berate them, not to get all up in their business in like a negative way, 
I want to have a conversation um, to a make them more comfortable in themselves, and also just to educate myself and people that's listening. Because a lot of this confusion about not not knowing how to um, properly um, I don't even want to say label because that sounds crazy, but um, properly identify people. It all comes from just not want you know if you just not want to offend people. Because at the end of the day, I truly don't care what people are doing. And as much as I know I'm an asshole, I don't want to just be going around offending innocent people. Like, if you a dickhead to me, if you an asshole to me, if I feel you a piece of shit, I have no problem offending you. But I don't want to go around offending people who's done nothing to me. As much as I don't care about a lot of shit in life, I care about people who don't know me. I care about if they think I'm an asshole or not. I know, I know I'm probably not supposed to, but I do care about that. Because my perception is everything. Like my perception is I want people to to perceive me as 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 a decent fucking guy. I don't want to be the guy that offends people and just it is what it is. No, if I offend you. And it's some shit I, I genuinely didn't try to do. And I, I will deeply apologize. But I don't even want to get to that point. So that's why I think a lot of this, 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 this mis, uh, misidentification of people is really some childish shit. Because at the end of the day, it really should just be about not wanting to offend people. And I want to play this clip from Big Frida and Slim Thug when they was talking. Because it kind of goes it, it goes hand in hand with what I'm saying. Let's go ahead and I'm on the wrong shit. Hold on. There we go. Big Frida here. Get this fucking clip out. Here it is right here. You know, I feel that it's definitely cool to meet different people from different since we here. I have a question. Okay, I'm gonna keep it 100. I've never been able to kick it with nobody like you. So I need to know the proper, you know, pronouns and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm your Bristol, so yeah. I'm gender fluid. I don't have a pronoun. Okay. All of that's new age for me, too, okay. with, with the pronoun stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, with my homies in New Orleans, who I kick it with, who I grew up with, the hood boys, I'm their bro. Uh, okay. To my girls, I'm yeah. their sister. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? All right. To my kids, straight and gay, yeah. I'm their mom. Yeah. My sister, my blood sister, I'm her brother. Okay. You know, and when she want to call me her sister, yeah. I'm her sister. <laughs> the brister. Yeah. So right. it, 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 it really don't matter to me because I know who I am. Really on the cool is just lack of knowledge. We right. don't know where to offend people. Or not. Yeah. You know, with a lot of stuff, when you go hood, dude, yeah. just, you know what I'm saying? Our natural instincts, they sometimes be the wrong wording. Exactly. You know, and they can offend people. But when you don't know, you don't know. Being a gangster rapper, you don't really be around a lot of See, when you don't know, you don't know. And I don't necessarily think it's up to heterosexual men, heterose- uh, heterosexual women. What do they call it? Cis women, cis, cis, uh, cis, fe- cis, cis female, cis male. I don't think it's up to them to have to go around and, and educate themselves and do all that but what i do think is important is that respect has to be on the table you know what i mean it has to be on the fucking table and the reason why i say that is because 
when you go around and you and you blatantly disrespect people, you're coming off as a bigot, as you know what I'm saying, uh, a, a homophobic, all of that shit. It's only so many times you can say you don't know. When all you have to do is truly just give that person what the fuck they truly want. It's not sometimes everything isn't for me to understand. You know what I mean? It's, it's not for me to sit around and and, and 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 spew my opinions about. It's all about truly just not wanting to offend a motherfucker. That's why I want to have the conversation because I, if I can have that conversation with somebody, and it's not about me wanting to get to the the root of all. It's not about that. It's literally about me being able to uh, have a comfortable conversation. Where both parties are comfortable, so we can explain, so we can have a, a conversation, so we can get to know each other. Because if I can't get to know a motherfucker, then I'm gonna always be standoff. So we can get to know each other, and I can identify you as what you want to be identified as. So you can feel comfortable enough to let your true colors fucking show. And I, I don't think people will ever have a problem with bonding with people of the LGBTQA community who are trans, uh, uh, gender fluid. Because at the, I, I honestly think that cisgender people believe there's a guard up. You know what I mean? Because we don't know what the fuck is going on. And if, if we just explain, if we get a, a conversation going, where we can get explanations or um, or be uh, or be um, told exactly how to identify somebody, I think that shit can go a long way, bro. I truly motherfucking me do. I truly motherfucking me do. Ah, <clears throat> uh, but moving on, man. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Hey, let's get into a little boosty right first. We get the fuck up out of here, man. Yo, <laughs> I don't know where to start with this little boosty shit. Um, little boosty is going viral right now with him, his daughter, and his baby mama. Uh, now I will say this: just being a little boosty fan, little boosty is one of those guys uh, who you know came out when I was a kid like that. So. Um, I'm a big Boosie fan. If you're a Boosie fan, then you already know the baby mom that this is. He's already had problems with. This is the woman whose brother was um, the man that Lil Boosie went to prison for and was facing death penalty charges for, and which he ultimately beat that case. Um, this is the same woman. This is the child that he had with that woman. Um, Boosie recently went viral for taking back the uh, the car that he bought his daughter. Uh, he's going viral now for saying he's taking his daughter out the will. Um, he's going viral now saying that his daughter was at his son's football game, um, giving up that ass in the bathroom. They're saying a lot of disturbing things. And honestly, I don't really want to get into it because people's family is off limits. And I get that they making this shit public. They making all these videos. They going on Instagram Live. You got Boosie daughter going live, talking about how she wish her daddy was a trapper instead of a famous rapper. Like a bunch of stupid shit. You got his daughter going live, calling him a bitch ass nigga. You got Boosie going live. You got recorded phone calls of Boosie and the baby mama talking, and Boosie saying he gonna punch his daughter, give her a black eye. Boosie saying she disrespecting the family, embarrassing the family. It's a lot of embarrassing shit, bro, to be honest with you. And the main reason why I bring it up before I get out of here is because 
I've really been like laying low on social media. I told y'all already the only reason why I got social media is to it's like for this show. And I've really been laying low because fam, there ain't really been nothing worth really talking about on social media in a long time. It's a lot of ignorant shit. The moment where I wake up and I can see Lil Boosie going get into it with his what 14-year-old daughter. Like I'm seeing academics, I'm seeing all these other main plat main blogger um you know social media sites and platforms fucking posting this man's 14, 15 year old daughter. That's where content is now. To where we're talking about what a 14 year old little girl has to say. Now look, I'm not here to make no excuses for um Boosie and that's the way he talks to his kids and um and where I stand on that, I don't agree with saying you're going to punch your daughter and give her a black eye. I don't agree with that. The moment you lay your hands on that young woman, my nigga, you need to get dealt with. Daughter or not. But I'm, I say all that to say, bro. We have to, as a people, look in the mirror. And I ain't trying to get super deep or no shit like that. But we eventually got to look into the mirror. We always want to know why shit is all negative around us. Look at the shit we consume. If you finding entertainment and seeing a family implode from the inside out, my nigga, you're a fucking loser. I'm going to be honest with you. This ain't even a white or black situation to me. You're a fucking loser if you find an enjoyment, entertainment of seeing a daughter, you know what I'm saying, berate and disrespect viciously her fucking father. And you find, and you're even more a bigger fucking loser if you see, if you find entertainment and the shit that little Boosie is saying to uh, counter argue. All this shit is disgusting, disturbing, and nasty, bro. It's just disgusting because they going viral. This shit always gonna be out there. It's other kids that Boosie got. It's grandkids that Boosie gonna have. Ultimately, I do believe that this young woman will grow up and she will uh, regret a lot of things that she's been saying about her father. But it's not my place. I don't know the details. Don't want to know the details. All I know this shit is very disgusting. And seeing that on social media and seeing that that's being plastered on social media. And that's what everybody's reposting. Everybody's talking about. Everybody's giving this little girl a platform to disrespect her father. It's fucking disgusting to me. And I'm not saying that because I we know what little Boosie is. He's the famous person. He should be the one with the platform. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, at what point in time do we as a people sit back and say, okay, this is enough? Because we don't we don't glorify all the great shit that happened. But for some strange reason... We gonna glorify this little girl talking crazy about her dad. We gonna glorify the baby mama fucking having leaked, uh, secretly recorded conversations with this nigga. We gonna glorify this nigga talking. He gonna black his daughter eye. We gonna glorify this nigga basically exposing his daughter was turning tricks in a fucking bathroom at a fucking youth football game. That's what we glorifying right now. And it's sickening to me that this is what people are posting continuously to repost to get clicks and engagement on their profile. And this is what people are finding as entertainment. Eventually, bro, we got to look in the fucking mirror, bro, because that's fucking disturbing. We talk about a lot of things we don't see with, with other cultures, right? 
We talk about a lot of shit we don't see with other cultures. This needs to be number one. We don't see this with other cultures. This is fucking disturbing. No matter the truth, no matter, it's none of our business. Even if they are the ones putting it out on social media. All you bloggers and all you other motherfuckers, y'all don't need to be the ones taking that shit and re and reposting it and re and putting that shit out to the atmosphere for your engagement. Now you have people making money off the of dysfunction of this fucking family. It's sickening, bro. It truly is motherfucking sickening. Uh, moving on before we get out of here. Uh, ben Simmons said he coming back, man. He's ready to dominate these niggas. <laughs> hey, look, man. Say what you want about Ben Simmons. I, ne- I never thought Ben Simmons was hurt. Um, I understood that eventually he was going to have to play the long game. He had that lawsuit um, against the 76ers. He wanted to get all his money. Um, I do believe I just seen reports that he ended up getting all of his money from the 76ers. They was trying to do that little fine shit when he was holding out. He took some of his game checks and stuff like that. Um, he ultimately got his money. And now it's ultimately saying that he's coming back on his own on demon time. Look, man. Like I mentioned Baker Mayfield earlier. As much shit as niggas talked about Ben Simmons, I honestly think it would be a great story if Ben Simmons were to come back. And I don't – it's weird because I can't say and, – and, and I can't really say how good Ben Simmons would be just because I felt Ben Simmons was okay. Yeah, he he's a big guard. He can pass. I mean, he's a big, uh, big body who can pass, rebound, who can defend, but – he hasn't really gotten any better since his rookie season. Ben Simmons came in the league one way, and he's been that way since. To me, Ben Simmons is a much, much overrated player, but less but less uh, uh, talented Josh, Josh Smith to me, honestly. But I would love to see Ben Simmons come back and redeem himself. I don't know what he would have to do to redeem himself. He would have to be what he was and more. He would have to come back and average at least a 20-point triple-double for people to actually think that Ben Simmons is back and Ben Simmons has gotten over the quote-unquote mental hurdle. Um, I don't think anything was truly wrong with Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons had got himself into a position to where um, he took the long route. He took he took the he played the waiting game. Uh, he won it out of Philadelphia. Um, there was already so many hands that had been shown throughout NBA history by these players. He found a new one. He found a new way to get out of a motherfucking routine. I mean, he did that, bro. He, he truly did that. Um, he got all of his money, uh, and I believe that he found himself in a position to where if he did go out there and play, then that would have been their proof that Ben was never hurt in the first place. He had to sit the fuck out. He had to take the criticism. He had to take all the the uh, the, the, the hackling from the fans. He had to take all the people saying he don't love the game of basketball. He had to take that shit for his $20 million. If, if, if anything is worth that $20 million, is that. Sitting the fuck out and making sure you get your money and taking that shit on the chin like a man. So if Ben Simmons can come back and be what he was and more, I will actually be happy for Ben Simmons. Do I honestly think that's going to happen? I don't have confidence in that, but I will be happy to see that story play out because like I told you with Shakira Richardson, bro, the story of the underdog is great, but the story of the person who 
who made it to the top, then failed, then made it back to the top. That story right there, that story is where legends are made, my nigga. That story right there is how legends are motherfucking me made. So I would love to see um, Ben Simmons pull that out. Um, I pull that out of his ass because I don't think he can do it. But if he can do that and, and get back to what he was and more, I think that would be very interesting. I think that would be very good for his career because right at this moment in time, I think that Ben Simmons is after this contract, I wouldn't feel confident saying that Ben Simmons will receive another NBA contract. Because if your back is messed up, that's a back problem. That's the worst injury to have. And also mentally, you you shot. And also, thirdly, no one believes you actually love the game of basketball. So if he can come back and redeem himself, I'll be I'll be happy to see a nigga um uh, further his career. But if not, Ben Simmons is gonna be a professional Call of Duty player, bro. Real talk. <laughs> Real motherfucking me talk, man. Um, moving on, man. Um Real quick here, so we get out of here. You know, I came across <clears throat> two glaring articles that I wanted to make sure I brought up on this podcast. You know, we in a time to where everyone's doing business, right? Everyone has their hand in some type of business. I got this podcast shit going on. A lot of people got LLCs for whatever the fuck they got. Every fucking thing at this point. Um, but a lot of people are getting into the business aspect of things. And I think um, every time I come across wild business ventures from back in the day, um, I always want to make sure I bring it up so people can learn from those um, and just be educated on how how, how shysty, um the industry truly can be. I came across this tweet, and it was about the Power Rangers back in the day. It was about the 30-year anniversary of the Power Rangers. It, the tweet reads, 30 years ago today, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers released. It was the hottest show in the world for kids. The actors were paid $600 a week and got no residuals for reruns. They worked 12 to 15 hour days, um, six, 12 to 15 hour days, six days a week for a show that made billions and barely made any motherfucking money. Wow. 30 years ago, $600 a week was probably nice money. I'm not going to lie to you. Or at least decent money, you know, depending on your age and shit like that. Um, the no residuals on the reruns is kind of crazy. To know that you're working 12 to 15 hour days, six days a week, and you're only getting $600 a week for a show that's making billions. Look, I've never been a Power Rangers fan. But I would never be naive and ignorant to the hype, the the fan base of Power Rangers. That's not my shit, but my uncles and all them niggas, them niggas love that shit. Go, go, Power Rangers. It's like, it's so many spinoffs of the original fucking show. Like, that's a huge fucking uh, franchise. And to know that when you see the actors who portrayed those niggas... They make a lot of their money now from autograph signings and stuff like that. They should be set for life, bro. So it's all about when you're doing business, fam. Even if an opportunity presents itself to where you think it's going to be super great for you or once in a lifetime chance opportunity, my nigga, if the business not right, it ain't worth it. I can't tell you any of them niggas from the Power Rangers. 
And it's one thing for people not to be able to recognize you for your work. You at least want to be paid for your work. You know how niggas say they'd rather have the money, fuck the fame? You ain't never heard niggas say I don't want neither. Because if you ain't got the money, at least you can have the fame and you can be niggas can recognize you and you can make a you can make somewhat of a living off the fame. But niggas would much rather have the money. A nigga ain't never said he ain't want no money or the fame. He'd just do it. It's fucked up to know that the Power Rangers, the cast of the Power Rangers, pretty much ain't living like shit. They make their money off autographs and shit like that. And quite honestly, who wants that fucking autograph? I don't think nobody under the age of fucking 30 wants that autograph. If that. So it's like, it's fucked up, bro. Because $600 a week, uh, no residuals. Residuals alone would have had these people set for the rest of their fucking life. No residuals? That's tough as fuck, man. That truly is tough. But then that leads me over to just how fast the business has has improved and how certain people have have uh, 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 gotten the fruits of their motherfucking labor. I came across another article, and it was about The weekend. I've come on this podcast many times and said, The weekend very well may be the biggest artist in the world. Now, The weekend, I watched one of his performances, uh, one of his specials on HBO Max. Beautiful. I want to go to a weekend show. I believe The weekend has more hits than pretty, pretty much anybody you'll put him up against. If he does a versus, I don't think there's a man alive who could do a versus with The weekend and can say they will win uh, hands down. It'll be one of the best fucking matches ever. The weekend has more hits than I think people understand. The weekend is making news right now because The weekend has done something nobody else has ever motherfucking me done. The weekend's Beauty Behind the Madness becomes the first album in history to so get three songs certified diamond by the RIAA. Wow. He's the first person in history I would just think that Michael Jackson did it with that that uh thriller album, right? Ain't that ain't that like Michael Jackson's best album? Like, I, I'm a Prince nigga, but I would think that there's at least three songs on that album for Michael Jackson that you know what I'm saying would be diamond. You would think Tupac did it, right? You would think maybe Taylor Swift, maybe Beyonce, hell, maybe Bad Bunny. Anyway, his numbers are right now. You would think that there that has been done before, but to know that the weekend is the only person in history to have three songs from an album go diamond. That's why I give Fifty Cent credit for going diamond on one album to have three songs go diamond, bro. That's fucking nuts. That's some shit that. I don't think people understand until you say it. Like, Diamond is a lot. Diamond? To have three songs on one album, bro. And that's why I say you fast forward and you see people who get the fruits of that label. Because The weekend will forever be okay with just that album. Even with the splits, however the splits is, I'm pretty sure The weekend splits ain't fucked up. Like niggas like The Weeknd, uh, Drake, you know, the Bad Bunnies, Taylor Swift, Beyonce. They splits is cool. It be them little, it be everybody else they fuck up. But if if, if The Weeknd never did anything ever to fuck again, he would be okay with just that album. 
But when you have someone who I would say in TV sitcom world, the equivalent of that, of what the fuck the weekend did, will probably be something the Power Rangers did. A franchise that made billions. And they did not receive not one fucking fruit of their fucking labor. I guess I said, I was to say, man, we all hop into this business world, this business lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Everything that glitter ain't motherfucking me gold, man. Ten years go by fast, bro. Ten years go by fucking fast. And you get it's important to make the right decisions when they're presented to you. Don't make the, the don't make an impulsive decision and think that, you know what I'm saying, you, you'll be able to uh recoup or bounce back later. Fuck no, bro. Because when you make a decision like these niggas made with this Power Ranger shit. Come on, man. I forget the dude that I forget. It was an actor, bro. It was a black actor. And I think it was a uh, she was it was a woman. I forget who she was, bro. We we know her, bro. She on one of our favorite shows type shit. And she was originally casted as it was fucking um, old girl. It was old fucking girl from Friday. Um, uh, Craig girlfriend. I forget her fucking name. It was Craig's girlfriend. I hope I'm I hope I'm not I'm not getting this information wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, it was Craig's girlfriend, the woman who played Craig's girlfriend on that fucking show. She was originally casted as a fucking uh Power Ranger. Like she was originally cast as a fucking Power Ranger, and I forget why she turned it down, but she ended up not fucking doing it. And everybody gave her so much backlash for that. Even with people knowing and not knowing that the the cast of Power Rangers got fucked. They still was giving her backlash because they said she missed out on a golden opportunity. I totally fucking disagree. An opportunity ain't golden, bro, if I'm not getting paid for this shit. And like I said, I can't sit here and uh, identify who the fuck the cast of the Power Rangers were. Now, I know people who were super fans growing up who caught that shit. So when they dropped them with super fans, they probably can but like I said, anybody probably under the age of 35, really, probably don't even know who the fuck you are. So you didn't get paid for it and you don't got the fame and recognition for it, really. It's not fucking worth it. Everything that glitter ain't motherfucking me gold, bro. You got to know your fucking business, man. You truly motherfucking do. Um, But with that being said, bro, I think that's all we got. <laughs> That's all we motherfucking me got here, man. Great ass episode. Uh, let's run through the motherfucking me docket just to make sure we ain't miss nothing. But we get up out of here. Um, I'd have been through so much putting out this fucking episode. It makes no fucking sense. Uh, we did no allows versus everybody. Um, should financial stats be discussed on the first date? Um, why are high school games so violent? Skip Bellis did it again. Um, is it really about not wanting to offend people? The big free and slim thug clip. Lil Boosie versus Baby Mama and his daughter. Uh, ben Simmons bounce back season, and we did the quickies with Power Rangers and the weekend being possibly the greatest of all fucking time. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's all I motherfucking me got, man. Um, so with that being said, you know how I give it up. DJ, drop that fire ass beat, my boy. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> Great episode, man. Almost 11 o'clock at night. Uh, we first started recording at 5.30. Uh, it's been tough. It's been tough, tough, tough recording session. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. But you know I give it up on this side. <laughs> it's all love these ways. Never let them sidetrack you with the bullshit. Always keep the main thing the main thing. Stay safe. Stay sharp. Stay sane. And I'll just never sold, man. We out this Peace. Damn, 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 damn. I ain't gonna lie, man. <laughs> um, I enjoyed this episode just because um the journey that um it took to put this fucking episode out. Um I don't know what it was, man. You know, it, it's today is that super moon shit, you know. Um super moon, um I was texting somebody earlier and they was like, Are you supposed to, you know, get rid of all your Things that you need to let go in life that's holding you back and stuff like that. Let me see if I can read it for y'all real fast. Uh, here it is. It's the super moon. It says, uh, look outside. Super moon, super blue moon of affirmation. Um, tonight I let go. I let go of everything in my life that has hold me back from being my higher self, my better self. I release stagnant energy, harmful emotion, toxic patterns, and negative attachments. I welcome transformations, positivity, and energy shifts. What is coming is better than what is gone. New chapters, deep soul connections, and endless abundance are, are waiting for me. Um, I'm be honest with you. I'm not one of those people who believe in all that shit, really. Um, but I gotta be honest, bro. Today's been an awkward fucking day, and really, it really started, you know, saying the evening time, bro. My day was going so good, but out of nowhere, I just kind of got off track. I'm telling you, it had to be what Earl Spence was feeling. <laughs> um, but with all that being said, man, um. I'm happy I got this episode out um, just because I love doing this shit for y'all. I love doing this shit for me. Um, and this is my thing, man. You know, when you find your thing, you you have to uh, nurture it. You know what I'm saying? And and, and be prideful um, of the people who, who tap in and for a little bit. It ain't got to be the whole episode. I appreciate the whole episode, but even to be that tap in and give it a chance, I have to be appreciative of that because I know what it's like, man, to try to, to try to build something, start a business, start a company, start a brand. I know what this shit is like, man. So um, I'm just thankful for the people that's tapped in fucking with your boy. Man, I know I say that shit a lot. Uh, I'm always say that shit because uh, for all my life, I feel like I wasn't heard. You know what I'm saying? So uh, people to start listening to me and I'm starting to feel like I'm being heard. Um, it feels amazing, B. It truly motherfucking me does. Um, but with that being said, you know how I give it up. Don't forget the fucking fight here, man. Made me some fucking nachos and shit. Add this fucking episode out. Get it to the peeps. And grind on motherfucking me. Stop, man. You know how the fuck I give it up, man. It's your boy! <laughs> Peace! Welcome to... Oh, gee! Ash, man, you know the fuck that is, nigga. We're playing on me, man. <laughs> you dig?